0: Let's stay with the sentencing today of Iden Coban in the Amanda Todd case. 13 years he was given, one more year than the prosecution had asked for, many more years than the defense had asked for. Uh, and the judge was unequivocal in this one, saying that he really showed no remorse in all this, and that uh, that he um, had set out to destroy Amanda Todd's life, and sadly she said she had su- he had succeeded. Um, it was a really interesting verdict. To follow. And because I wasn't in the courtroom, I was following Simon Little online, who was uh, tweeting away from inside the courtroom, uh, basically laying out uh, Justice Devlin's reasoning for the sentence she was about to hand down. And um, joining me now is Simon Little. Thanks so much for taking the time tonight. You've had a busy day.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. It was busy. I, my fingers got a real workout uh, with all
0: that uh, tweeting. Yeah, I mean, you walked in, you'd covered this case a lot. I think uh, a lot of people who cover these cases have sort of uh, theories or at least uh, e- expectations going in when the sentencing is about to be handed down after watching the sentencing hearing. Um, did this did this jive with what you were expecting? Or I think you described it, there was a gasp in the room when she started to sort of detail what was sounded like a pretty harsh sentence.
1: Yeah, well, she threw the book at him. And, uh, you know, I... I... I think that um, the the sense for among us that had been covering it was that the it wasn't going to be all that much time for what defense had asked for, which was uh, just two years at the um, expiry of his his Dutch sentence, which is still uh, in progress, um, just based on some of the things that the judge said uh, as they were making the submissions, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I've been doing news for about eight years, and I, I'm not sure that I've seen a case or I'm, I'm, I'm personally familiar with a case where the judge went above uh, what the prosecutors asked for. So um, we, we kind of got that sense as she began to read out her reasons for decision um, where it was going. But uh, it, it wasn't until um, she really got down to uh, that, that final bit when we realized she was going to exceed what prosecutors had, had sought
0: did you talk to any of the, did you talk to the prosecutors? What did they have to say uh, about the verdict, about the, about the sentencing? You
1: know, they, they actually uh, slipped out real quick. Uh, there, was, uh, there was a statement that came down from the BC Prosecution Service, um, you know, thanking the family for their patience and, and saying they were pleased with the uh, the outcome, but we actually didn't have an opportunity to speak with them, which um, is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, i just so listeners understand. This was by no means a slam dunk of a case. I mean, I remember even as it was, they were trying to extradite uh, him to, to Canada. When even as the case was being laid out, there was lots of people out there saying, "Wow, this is going to be, this is going to be a real mountain to climb." And and yet, you know, you followed the the, the trial and then the, the sentencing. Where do you think the prosecution got it right?
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's a, a great um, uh, uh, thing to mention there that it wasn't a slam dunk because I, I did, um, I was able to attend about half of this trial. So it was almost two month long trial, quite a long trial. And um, it was super technical, you know, and there was, it all came down to the identity. There was no question, even the defense was clear that there was no question that Amanda Todd had been the victim of crimes, but the question was who was the online extortionist and could the Crown prove it? And, um, You know, there were times when I was sitting in that courtroom when I wasn't sure that the jury was going to convict because, you know, it was very technical. There was a lot of stuff about, you know, fragments of Facebook data located on his hard drives. Um, You know, that none of these videos that were were circulated were ever found on his hard drives, um, although deleted files with Amanda Todd's name were recovered from the hard drives. Um, but you know they, they never actually got the videos, um, and they never actually got um, you know the, most of the, the stuff that happened was in the cloud, or in Facebook, places like that. So um, you know, Crown got it right by just sort of laying out a meticulous um, step-by-step uh, reasoning that said if you if you accept this, then you have to accept this, uh, and if you follow the chain of reasoning down, there's only one person it can be, and. Uh, you know, the, the, there was a, enough information, um, at least from the jury's perspective, on, on the hard drive seized from his cabin in Holland where he was arrested in 2014, um, at, and enough commonalities in, uh, between the language used in these uh, aggressive messages, extorting messages sent to her, um, that um, they were able to tie it all together. And, um, yeah, it, uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure it's very satisfying for the family to see how it played out.
0: Yeah, we were just talking to Carol Todd who who said it was beyond expectations today. Um just if I remember correctly, they also the jury wasn't told about these other convictions that he's now already serving a jail sentence for in the Netherlands, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So there was a
1: publication ban on all of that. Um uh, which would have been the, the same if they were offenses in Canada. Um you know, the uh the, under our laws every um offense or every case has to be tried on its own merits. So uh, if there are if there are previous cases that, um, you know, maybe have shared similarities uh, that can come up in sentencing, but uh, that won't come up during the trial. So we weren't able to report on it. The jury didn't know about it. Um, and in fact, I remember speaking at, at one point, you know, midway through the trial uh, with uh, Amanda's mom, Carol, uh, and she said, you know, imagine if he gets off, imagine if um, they vote to acquit, uh, the jury votes to acquit. And then, you know, we, you guys can report this other stuff, what would go through their minds? That's not the situation that played out, but you know, yeah, it's it's 33 other children, some as young as nine um, that he's serving time for uh, offending against right now.
0: So what happens now? Because he is still serving that sentence. Technically, what happens with this sentence? Where does he serve it? When does he go back to the Netherlands? Do we know more about that now? Will he appeal?
1: Yeah. So uh, we haven't spoken to his defense lawyers. I think he has 30 days to make an appeal here in Canada. Um, uh, under the terms of the agreement uh, that he was surrendered to Canada under, um, he has to be returned to the Netherlands within 45 days of the conclusion of his trial. So that I guess the clock starts ticking now since this would be the, the end of proceedings here. Um, he's been in the North, North Fraser pre-trial centre um, uh, as, as a jail, provincial jail here or provincial correctional facility here in B.C. He will be sent back to the Netherlands. Um, when he goes back to the Netherlands, what we've been told by his attorneys is that uh, the Dutch court, uh, a Dutch judge, basically, will have to convert his sentence to a Dutch sentence. What that's going to look like, we don't know. And and I know there's a great deal of apprehension on the part of the family about whether he, um, you know, whether it will be reduced. Um, I think that the, he was given a maximum sentence of 11 years for the crimes that he committed there. And, and you know, 33 kids, some as young as nine, uh, and he was given 11 years, you know, it's it, you have to wonder what the Dutch legal system will do with a 12-year um, sentence from Canada. Uh, how that will translate over there? So that's a big unknown. We're going to for sure be watching that closely. Um, you know, but regardless of what ends up happening to him in the end, you know, here in Canada, this this has been set down as a precedent in Canadian law, and um, that can't be taken away. So uh, you know, going forward, other people who um, are you know conducting some of these Sexual offenses over the internet, basically. Um, you know, the, 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 <laughs> there's a pretty stiff sentence that's being laid down for that.
0: Yeah, and I imagine he would serve, if it's being uh, determined by a Dutch judge, he will then serve the Canadian sentence in Holland. Is that right? He would serve it over yeah, there? Yeah, so that, he yeah, will serve
1: the remainder of the sentence in Holland. Uh, my understanding from what we've heard in court this week is that uh, his sentence there, his current sentence, uh, after credit for trying, time served, is set to expire in august 2024 uh, which i guess after that is when this sentence would begin to apply whatever it gets converted to in in dutch um time uh but also that uh, you know under the current sentence it sounds like he was eligible for some kind of potential parole or um you know community access or something as early as next fall um so i don't know that I'm not an expert on the deathly system or, or yeah, how this well, uh, plays out. Whether uh, that parole opportunity is now rolled back or what, so we'll be watching that really closely.
0: Yeah, we'll be. Figuring, now, you covered this, you know, from uh, right through the trial, from through the sentencing. Anything really stand out to you? Any moment really stand out to you over these past months uh, from just this whole experience as a reporter?
1: Uh well, I mean, obviously today was was a, <laughs> a big deal. There was a lot of emotion, a lot of energy in that room. Um, there you know i mean there was a day when um some of the the video material was was played in court uh which was you know obviously extremely uncomfortable the judge had to warn uh the the gallery that and the jury that this was going to happen The it was material was not played on the videos facing the gallery of course um that was you know an uncomfortable uh situation um you know the the the, uh, the defense arguing for a, a two year sentence was a, a remarkable um, experience. You know, hearing the family talking about that afterwards, they, they basically came outside the court and said, uh, you know, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> and there were yeah. a couple of occasions where um, the defense was making arguments uh, in the court, um, you know, about uh, how, how, how much did these um, harassing uh, uh, messages actually really contribute to how bad Amanda was feeling. Uh, and there, the, there was some hubbub in the gallery, uh, at least on one day, when, um, you know, the, the, the judge actually had to give a bit of a warning and say, you know, I understand this is an emotionally charged um, situation and experience, but uh, you've got to keep it uh, calm in the gallery there. So those were some of the things that kind of stood out to me, that sort of the moments where the emotion kind of punched through.
0: Yeah. Well, Simon, thanks so much. I mean, I, I know a lot of us followed along, and thanks so much for being everyone's eyes and ears in that courtroom today. It's much appreciated. And thank you for your time tonight. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.
1: Nine one one. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah,
0: there was an explosion. Oh my God! The ship is sinking.
1: I can't get out. There's water everywhere. we're going down? I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry, hurry. Hello? Are you there?